Thanks for tuning in to the Undercuts Review episode of the 2022 Singapore Grand Prix. Please rate and review wherever you listen and enjoy the show. By being a racing driver, you are under risk all the time. By being a racing driver means you are racing with other people. And if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. This is the first time we have spoken in the past three weeks. I guess it would have been two weeks if the Russian Grand Prix was not canceled. Um, that would have been last week, but it was not. So uh, there's, it, was, it was like a summer break part two. Yeah. And there were, it was like summer break, then three straight weekends of racing, and then a three-week break. But there was a lot of stuff that happened in the driver market. It was like the second silly season of this year. So we found out about Latifi. I mean, we all saw this coming, but it finally is official that he will not be on the grid next year. Well, not be at Williams, and I'm guessing he won't be picked <laughs> I up. Think by I think that, that wasn't a controversial statement. I think you got <laughs> no. it right. You got it right. Unless he shows up at Haas with a big checkbook. But well, I guess so. Yeah, yeah maybe. No, I, I, don't, I don't think that's on the cards. Money talks. So with Latifi leaving, there's been a lot of buzz around the Williams seat. For a long time, a lot of people thought it would be Nick DeVries. But with the ghastly rumors going to Alpine, potentially, there's been talk of Nick going to the AlphaTauri spot. And then that might open it up for Logan Sargent, the young American in F2, who's been having a really good season to maybe come up next year and be on the Williams team. That would be really great for, for the sport. Obviously, there was a lot of discussion about Colton Herter. Right. Obviously, he doesn't have the required number of points. I think the sport wants an American driver. Yeah. And I, I don't think that Logan Sargent is is then therefore getting the seat by default. I think he's had a really good season. Yeah. He's been a kid who, for the last couple of years you know, has been a lot of eyes on him because obviously there's, a, there's the commercial aspect of having an American driver, but also he's really good. Expect Gasly to be announced at Alpine in the next couple, maybe by Japan. I yeah. mean, I think listening to the way that he was talking about the team's decisions around the race, it's um, it, it feels like that the he's not going to be back next year to, to, uh, to AlphaTauri, which only really means one thing. And that's uh, an all-French lineup with Esteban Ocon. I, I did see some crazy, some amusing things, shall we say, on on Twitter over the course of the last week, how Gasly and Ocon don't get on very well, because apparently Gasly stole one of his girlfriends when they were younger <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. But it's like, they're French. I mean, that's what they do. That's what French people do. Uh, so, I don't think they'd really hold that against each other. But I think, you know, if, if it is a Gasly and Ocon lineup, at, at Alpine next year, that's a strong, that's a strong pairing right there. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how much sway like Liberty Media themselves have over, you know, driver choices and who signs a contract where. But I mean, clearly, the American market is huge from a race perspective. They're pushing it ridiculously hard. Yeah, you know, with Miami and and Las Vegas and. Uh, Austin, I, I would be shocked if they didn't at least come up, try and come up with one driver on the grid through whatever machinations they can come up with. Like I said, I don't know what pressure they can put on the teams, but uh, Herter, then uh, Sargent, I think is the, the pick. Yeah, I mean, he's in third place in the F2 season, um, so he's no chump. He's not coming in with no experience. He has a genuine 
shot at, at getting that spot. And he, I believe, is a Williams Youth Academy driver as well. So it just, it all fits. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, a couple other rumors that are really interesting with Mick really struggling really all, all year. There's been yeah. Hulkenberg and Joe Venazzi are the two big names I see for the Haas seat if Mick is not in the seat next year. I wonder yeah. I wonder if Haas have like got a little like twice twice once bitten twice as shy because they went like full rookie last year with like Mazepin and Schumacher and they're like, nobody's ever done it before, but maybe that's because like we're the only crazy people and it'll work out for us. But I think now they're realizing they need experience. And yeah, and I think I think Giovinazzi is is sort of the the one on the periphery. I think it's it's really at this point between Mick and Hulkenberg. I mean, obviously Hulkenberg, he's been out for a couple of years, but he's not really been out for a couple of no, years because no, 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 no. he's been the guy who's he's raced every season, every yeah. season that he's been gone, he's actually raced because someone's got COVID yeah. or you know or something like that. So. You know, he's stayed close to the paddock. And I think that this is part of, um, I don't want to say the Daniel Ricciardo thing, because, you know, Danny Rick is, I still think he's going to end up as the reserve driver for Mercedes. I may have said this on the last one. I think that might be where he ends up in anticipation of, you know, if the car isn't that good next year, is Lewis going to say, you know what, I've done all I need to do? In which case then he's in sort of pole position for the Mercedes seat. But all this talk of, oh, is he going to go and do IndyCar? Is he going to do NASCAR? It's like, once you're out of F1, you're out of F1. Yeah. Uh, right? Fernando Alonso disagrees with you, but carry on. But that's Fernando. I mean, that's, <laughs> oh, that's Fernando but, Alonso. Oh, but, like, but Danny and, Rick and is Magnuson. so... Danny Rick is so beloved. So beloved. Like, but again, his results you know. are not there. I mean, he's not, he's not going by choice. He's he's been kicked out of the sport. Magnussen, for all the reasons that you talked about, Martin, was um, forced out of the sport for the Mazepin money. Right, right. You know, Roman Grosjean was kind of at the end of his F one career. Right. So Mick coming in, yeah, he'd have taken the seat opposite Magnussen anyway. But the money was, you know, the Mazepin yeah. money was there. Right. So. Magnuson's time Magnus I mean the thing is I don't well I'm assuming that they didn't break Magnuson's lap record given that it was so wet all race but Kevin Magnuson still has the lap record round round Singapore is that right? that's crazy <laughs> you know from 2018 so yeah I mean versus you know it was an underperforming McLaren that Alonso decided he was going to take a break from F1 or get out of F1 or retire, whatever it was. But his stock was still high. I would. Danny Rick's stock has taken a massive hit. I would love to see De Vries come in based on what he just did. I was I didn't realize how old he was, which definitely counts against him. I'd like to see him He's get what, the 27, seat. 27, I think. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see him get the seat. I'd love to see Hulkenberg come back. I think Ricardo, which is, I, I want to see De Vries in that in the AlphaTauri and right. Hulkenberg and Magnussen as teammates because they be, butted heads. I, I'm, I'm a huge Hulk fan. Ever since I mean, he scored that, um, was it pole position in Brazil? But he holds the, the and then he, blew he holds the, the record for the most races with a podium, <laughs> yeah, right? <that's> Hulkenberg. <laughs> Everybody wants to see him get on the podium because yeah. to, to break that streak. So 
I think Danny Rick, like you said, is going to be a reserve driver. I don't, I, I don't know if there's a spot for for Mick. I mean, we were on Mick's back at the start of the season. He's got to get a point. He's got to get a point. He finally showed up. He finally like scored some points, but then he immediately it, became irrelevant. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, Austria, Silverstone. He was feisty he was super yeah. racy and then it's like what's what's happening is he still racing is he out there i don't even i'm not even sure you know yeah it's a bit of a shame. i want to see him there but obviously the, the ferrari relationship has now ended he's not a junior driver because he's been in f1 for a couple of years so it's like well who's there to pull the strings yeah there's money behind him but Haas yeah. is the only team that really need that money now given the cash injection that you have at Aston Martin and you have at Williams. So if there's no seat for him at Haas, then is there a seat for him at all? Um, which is a shame. And then the last, the last thing from the driver market is Yuki got a contract extension. I, that kind of solidifies that Pierre for me is not going to be back. Cause I'm not sure Yuki was going to get that extension if Pierre was staying. Good point. Yeah. yeah, you can't have two completely new drivers. Yeah, good point. Yeah. The the fact that Yuki is signed is probably also an indicator that Gasly is moving on. Continue the conversation on pine-sports.com. That's P-I-N-E-sports.com and the Pine Sports Discord, which you can find linked on the website. And join us in a one-of-a-kind fantasy Formula One contest at coopsf1.com. That's C-O-O-P-S-F number one dot com, where you can put your theories to the test. We get to, to qualifying, something that we will see in the race as well. It rained a lot right before the session. Um, I don't think that it caused it to be delayed at all, but it was a wet track that was going to be drying throughout throughout qualifying. Um, but everybody started on inners to start the session. Out of Q1, there were a few surprises. Ocon did not make it out of Q1. Danny didn't make it out of Q1. And Botas, as well as both the Williams. Pretty impressive, though, that Albon was able to come back and have this be the, the first race that, that he would be back in after all the health scares, um, but did not do very well. I saw a, a feature article on CNN feed. I didn't have a chance to read it, but basically saying, you know, the comeback of Alex Albon. The dude was like, went into respiratory arrest or something yeah. off the back of his appendix surgery. So not least of which he's kind of recovering from surgery, but to go through that whole experience and be, be back on the grid is that's nuts. Yeah, Especially given how physically demanding it is. Obviously he didn't drive the entire race. <laughs> that's what we've come to. Well, yeah. But just to, just to be in a position where he can be, you know, in the car for the most physically demanding race of the year is, um, you know, that's really great effort. Yeah. And then Q2, uh, everyone went out on the wet tires again on the inters. Um, about five minutes left in the session. Aston Martin gave it a go. They tried to go on the slicks, but it didn't work out for them. Um, it just was still too wet. And they both got out in that in that second session. And they were looking pretty fast on the weekend leading up to qualifying. Um, and then also Joe got out. Mick was out and... The big surprise to to be out in Q two is George. In the first practice session, Mercedes looked really fast, 
um, in the next two sessions, they just seemed to get progressively worse through practice sessions. And George just didn't have the pace during qualifying. And he said he was having brake issues. Brake issues, yeah. yeah. Really bad showing from from what we were expecting coming into the race or into the Yeah, and, and as a result of going out in, in Q2, they, they decided that they were going to use this race to take some engine parts. It's I, I still think that's a strange decision. At this track? At this track, um, especially given what they saw on the track in terms of the surface and how it didn't dry. So coming through the pack was always going to be more challenging. So a bit of an odd decision there, I think, on the part of Mercedes. In Q3, everyone decided to go out on, on the soft slick tires. Um, but there was a uh, Red Bull was the team that, that made some strategic errors in qualifying this this weekend it was really strange with max who was on a really fast lap we were getting towards the end of q3 um, and it was looking like his lap would have been fast enough to take what was pole position um, but the team decided to pull back and because of where pierre was located on the on the track and they had one more try and then he had to abort on an even faster lap because they didn't have enough gas and he ended up getting a P eight spot when he was two seconds up on the pole position. I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. I don't know quite what happened on on the lap before and the whole Pierre thing. Yeah. I don't really know. All I know is that you need to provide a sample of, of fuel. You need to provide a one liter sample of fuel. And if you don't provide that at the end of qualifying, you're disqualified from from qualifying. They found they felt that they were so short that I think two laps, sorry, two corners from the end of the lap. So basically, they've gone underneath the grandstand and they're then doing the little chicane to come onto the you know, the quick section at the end of the lap and the beginning of you know, the start finish. That they said, no, just stop right now. Martin Charles got pole position. When's the last time that Charles got uh, pole? Yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's gotten a bunch. But. Championship hopes still alive. Way to go, Charles! Uh, <laughs> is there a championship of pole positions? He's probably leading that. Uh, probably, race. probably, but it, it's like who has won more races? Who has run the? Who has won the most races from Charles Leclerc starting on pole? Right, exactly. Like <laughs> Max, or, Max. Yeah, the re- reverse being like, how many pole positions can you get without winning a race? You know <laughs> that, yeah. that kind of thing. It's um. Yeah, well, I'll put a rosy spin on it by the by the end of the podcast. I'm sure you will. It, it's been it's been <laughs> over for it's it's October now. It's been over for a while, so yeah. I kind of forgot that. In fact, when I put in the when I did put in the Coops F1 results today, I initially put Sergio Perez as the pole winner. <laughs> I, kind of, <laughs> I kind of forgot. I'm like, oh yeah, I got to switch it around. And then Lewis had his best qualifying position of the year, of the year, getting a P3, and he was looking really fast too. The top three, Carlos, Checo, I mean Charles, Checo, and Lewis were only what five hundredths apart from each other. Yep. Really good on those guys. I think Lewis um, really likes this track. He he likes well, the street circuit. He knows yeah. this one very well. Historically, he's performed. Yeah, you, well on you it. look back at his pole lap from twenty nineteen. Yeah. That is a lap. That is a lap. I mean, like the the ragged edge, absolutely on the knife edge driving, 
it's it was a great lap. Just like beginning of qualifying for the beginning of the race, there was a lot of rain. So we got to an hour and five minutes after the original scheduled start time, and they were off all on inners to start the race. Um, there was slight contact between Carlos and Lewis going into going into turn one, but Checo had an unbelievable start from starting in P two. Yeah, I was so, I was so busy watching Lewis and uh, Carlos going yeah at it that I didn't notice that Checo had gotten past Charles yeah. Yeah. Um, because that was where I could see they were coming together and you, you're waiting for that bit of contact and see who was going to go. Um, you know, it, but Carlos, Carlos got through. It's funny. The, the, the people on the, the quote unquote, the dirty side got the better starts across the board. Hmm. Those in the even numbered spots. So, you know, obviously Checo getting past, um, past Charles, uh, Carlos getting past Lewis. And I think even further down, I looked to the side, maybe three or four laps in, and it was like, or it was like, dropped one spot, up one spot, drop one spot, up one spot, hmm. drop one spot, up one spot. You and know, then, and then Max, and then Max. Well, Max. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looked like I guess either either uh, Leclerc like got wheel spin or or Mister Gear or something. Maybe wheel spin. Mister Gear would have been more tra- uh, catastrophic. I think. I think he did say he had wheel spin on the wheel start. Wheel spin. So he he de- they, yeah, the, the launch... changing into second gear or something. Yeah. Like to... The launch. Or maybe they started similar. in second. Yeah, the launch yeah. looks similar between him and Checo, but then you know, a few seconds in, he lost drive. Um, but yeah, Max had an absolute disaster off the line, effectively. Uh, yeah, he lost four backwards. places, four places on the lead lap. Him and Joe both lost four places on yeah, the he, first lap. Yeah, he started in because I saw that Lewis has started the race in second. I think that uh, second gear, that is, sorry, um, Verstappen. Yeah. I think also started the race in second gear, but m- maybe just didn't hold the revs up. As to account for the fact that we're starting in second gear, and maybe that's what brought in the anti-stall, which meant that he his engine just bottomed out entirely, and before you, you could even get any revs back up to to release the clutch again, he was you know three spots further back. So, but we all know that Max in any position <laughs> is always going to be moving forward. Yeah. So, you know, yes, it put him back into into twelfth, but he was only ever going to go in one way. Yeah. So we get a couple laps down. Max is already moving back up the field a little bit. The first incident of the race, I think everybody could have guessed who it would have been. Latifi had, he just, he, he, you heard him on the radio. He said he didn't even see him. He just pushes Joe into the wall and they both end up out of the race. And seven laps in, we have our first safety car of the day. Yeah, too early to do anything uh, in terms of strategy. But yeah, it was, I, I don't know, Tifi, he, he's retiring at the end of the year, apparently. And, <laughs> and and maybe he's retired already. It was it was one of those, that, yeah, it's really difficult around there. And the spray is bad and the weather conditions are terrible. I mean, you know, the, the, the weather, you know, the heat and the humidity is tough. But you gotta look in your mirrors, dude. You can't, yeah. can't miss a car. Yeah, he 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 squeezed him completely into the wall. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. No question. Yeah, I felt bad for Joe. I mean, so close to his being family, in China too. Yeah, his family was all exactly. there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and there's a very large 
Chinese community in Singapore. Right. It's the most spoken native language in Singapore. The official mm. language is English, but the most widely spoken other than English is is Mandarin. Huh. So there's a very large Chinese community there. So this was the closest thing that he was having to a, a home race. Yeah. A lot of, you know, in the build-up in Singapore, you know, he's, his face was in a lot of different places. Sure. And so it's unfortunate that his race got cut short so, so, you know, so early. Yeah. And then there was also more contact on that lap. Botas and George had had some contact. I think George was trying to pass. Was that the same lap? I think it was, yeah. George was trying to pass, and then he went across the front of Botas, and Botas had the damage to his to his front wing um, and had to pit. And I guess that was like right before the safety car started. I think they were like very close in time on the same lap, so the safety car hadn't come out yet. It was still just the, the yellow flag. And then a couple laps later, we were back racing, and Max passes Vettel immediately right out of the safety car. And he's back up into his grid spot into P8 um, after 10 laps. So Max doing what Max does even at a track like this. He's still able to to make passes happen where almost nobody else is able to. And then Checo and Charles are just way ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the one thing I was keeping an eye on was the gap between Charles and Carlos. Yeah, And then I was also keeping an eye on the gap between Lewis and Lando. And it was, you know, Carlos and, uh, sorry, um, Checo and Charles were losing the guys in front, losing uh, Carlos by about the same amount as Lando was falling back behind Lewis, which really shows the kind of difference in the cars. But the fact that it was two Ferraris made it more evident that Charles is dialed in. Carlos couldn't couldn't get his car working for him this weekend for whatever reason i don't i don't know but carlos was you know you look at the two ferrari drivers this weekend and it was very clear who was better yeah no disrespect to carlos because you know he's won race he's won a race and he's a really good driver but charles is yeah charles was on it this weekend well i'd give i'd give i mean where's where's danny rick at this point 10th? He is still in 11th because he started what 17th 11th. or yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. So he, he started 17th, 16th. Was he was he, he 18th and started 17th? Or was he 17th and started 16th was, with with George? But, but it, yeah. I didn't even know. I, I didn't even pay attention to where he was. Started 14th, until yeah. way later in the race. For, foreshadowing, Nick. Foreshadowing. Where's Danny Rick? I, I oh yeah, there he to. is in 11th. <laughs> yeah. You know, after lap 20. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then the next lap, we get our second retirement. Well, I guess third retirement of the race. Um, and the second stoppage with the virtual safety car, Alonzo pulls over, engine troubles. How many times have we said this for Alpine and Alonzo this year? Um, it's been brutal for him. Yeah. I mean, you look how strong their car is, but fragile. Yeah. And I think we may have even said that at the start of the season. It's like, it's fast, but it breaks. And I was really enjoying the Alonso Verstappen scrap at that point. You know, Alonso, I mean, it was always going to be a matter of time before Verstappen got by him, but I was really enjoying that tussle. Under that virtual safety car, George 
gets bold and decides, you know, he's already in the back. Might as well try the slicks. Um, But they find out pretty shortly that it was a little too soon. Um, And he drops back really fast. It's like four seconds a lap. Yeah. He was down. You could see it just. But you don't you don't often see Formula One cars like power sliding around corners though. <laughs> like, yeah. When he out came three, that was really the cool. first corner or something <laughs> out, out of the thing. He like put the power down and the back end stepped out and he sort of slid it and like I guess corrected it with the steering wheel and just sort of oh it was it, that is you, you just it don't you, cool. just, you just don't see that for Formula One yeah. cars. It's it not the way they're supposed a rally to car. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, you did see a lot of like control for like how how good these guys are. You know, when they're going down slip roads, before they've even stopped the car, they're already putting it into a flick to spin it around. There, there, there was one case where it showed an in car of someone who will remain unnamed until we get to that part of the race, going straight on at turn seven, and he's left the track. He's his brakes are like locked up and then you hear him blip the gas as he's going sideways <laughs> to bring the back end round so that he could then go back out. The thing. I was gobsmacked when I saw that. I was like, wow, that is super ballsy because you're going sideways down an escape road and, and you're taking your foot off the brakes for one thing. I'm, I, I'd, yeah. I'd be like, what do, on the break the whole what do I need now? Going. I need more acceleration right about now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that'll, that'll do it for me. It was it was nuts. I I was yeah. massive respect to that person. So for that. the fact the fact that Russell you know could could get it round you know and keep it on the track, uh, sliding and and doing whatever was impressive as well. Like he was not he was working very hard yeah. in the cockpit of that car for sure. The VSC happened on lap 21 when Alonso went out. We're back racing at lap 23. And then lap 26, Albon crashes into the wall, loses his front wing. He's able to get it out of the barriers and bring it back to the pits. But the front wing stays there, which means the marshals have to come out and it causes the second VSC, the third stoppage in the first 26 laps of the race and then by the time he gets back to the pits they just they just call it quits and both of the williams are out of the race on driver error pretty much he has to give up the corner i had to bounce ahead what is wrong with these people the vsc ends lap 27 lap 28 ocon pulls off with the second engine failure for Alpine on the weekend. He has a huge plume of smoke coming out of the back of his car. Um, and then we get the third VSC, second in two laps, and the fourth stoppage of the race. Um, and that's now two Williams out of the race and two Alpines out of the race. Um, you know, I thought the Alpines were going to be pretty decent this weekend, but they uh, just could not keep the engines and the cars on the track. Then the VSC ends, and Lewis is right on the back of back of Carlos, um, but he's not able to make anything happen there. And then a couple laps later, lap thirty three, Lewis crashes into the wall. He was trying to make a pass onto on Lando, and he got caught out and crashed into the wall. And Max was able to get, or no, Lando got right by him, and then he was stuck in between the two of them, and it was just the three of them. 
it was really bad. I haven't seen Lewis make a mistake like that since what Baku of last year when he kind of had the magic break issue. Yeah, it was a shame because you could see he wanted to get. He'd been frustrated behind Carlos for yeah. so many laps. I mean, Martin. I mean, as a as a Ferrari fan, it's. Yeah, I mean, Carlos was doing a great job to keep him behind, but... I, I felt like Lewis Carlos was holding Lewis up as much as he was racing the race. Maybe I was just ex- making excuses for his, <laughs> the, that lack of difference of pace between him and and Charles, but uh, he, he didn't seem he didn't seem to have it today. But, how, but at the same time, it was hard to get by. I mean, you mentioned before about you know, how great Max was at sizing through the back markers, but we've touched on this before. Nobody's racing Max. Nobody wants to be the right. guy that takes out Max. People get out of the way of Max quite yeah. right, quite rightly too. Yeah. To be honest. They're not racing Max. No, nobody's yeah. racing him. Not until you Don't get, use up your tires racing against not Max. Not until you get further up. I mean, I mean, Vettel was able to keep Hamilton behind him quite, quite easily. It seemed maybe I've, I've gone too far. I yeah. can't no, but I think, in the, in the it, race, it, but. but the, the move that he made trying to get past Carlos that, that Lewis made trying to get past Carlos really sort of emphasized the fact or the the rate the main downside of this race as as a as an isolated event in that it was wet and it wasn't drying which yeah. meant that there was yeah. only one line you took there was the there was very little overtaking course. because you couldn't go offline to get past someone because you go offline and oh you, you put slicks on because when you're on a dry line, the slicks are the tie to be on, but you get offline and there's just no grip. So, yeah. although they were I mean, still on the enters at this point, I believe. Yeah. But um, nine times, I mean, Nick's, but Nick's, <laughs> Nick's right. Nine nine times out of ten, you see that it's going to be a wet race, and yeah, your ears prick up, and you're yes. excited for like what could happen. Who's going to take a gamble? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Drying line, blah blah blah, and. It just, it just was not, it just was not there, and we were, we were given a preview of that in qualifying, and it played out in the race. Um, but yeah, it, this is, this is the anomaly to the rule, which is, it's a wet race, it's going to be a drying track. Who gambles first? Who, who takes those interesting lines? Who finds the, the, the pace? And it was just, it was just like an, an ice rink out there, I guess. The first of. The cards other than George to to pit onto slicks comes a couple laps after Lewis crashes. He hasn't come in yet um, with his damaged front wing, but it was looking pretty bad. Um, and he ends up pitting right after Charles decides to, because um, he he probably would have gotten the black and orange flag. And then everybody just starts pitting onto slicks. George was getting fastest laps. Um, he was starting to, to pick it up. He was starting to come to him and everybody was, was switching over. And then the next lap, Yuki crashes into the wall and this causes the third, second safety car, fifth stoppage of the race. So, and I think, yeah. And and that was the one where the, the marshal was waving his green flag (laughs) in the wall. I mean, but I think in each of these stoppages, obviously the the virtual safety cars is, um, you know, everyone kind of maintains the gap. But whenever there was a safety car, like a full safety car, and everyone like closed up, again, it was up front. It was, you know, Charles and Sergio blasting ahead of 
Carlos, yeah. and then it was Carlos and whoever was battling Carlos at that particular time, and then Lando behind was where it would all split up. Yeah, in terms of timing. Yeah, and that's how it was at at this point. It was Checo and Carlos. I mean, Checo and Charles flying up Carlos, and then Lando right behind them with Max breathing down his neck. Um, but George had the fastest lap when that when that came out, and then at this point, it switches over from the lap count to a timed race, which you know we were kind of expecting after five safety cars or however many. Um, <laughs> But it switches over to 36 minutes left in the race. Safety car ends that lap. And then, like you said, Max Max locks up trying to trying to pass Lando and makes that awesome spin move. Um, yeah, that was the one. Yeah. That was the awesome spin move that I mentioned. That was ballsy. That was great. <laughs> but this was this was on the f- – because he, he just pitted, right? Had he just pitted? Yeah, and everybody like had. First- yeah, it's the first lap on his brand spanking new tires. Yeah, and he locks them up. He says, "Oh, I was take, I was caught out by the bump or whatever." And it's like, "Nah, you just outbreak yourself." And he flat spotted all of his tires and had to pit straight away. He had to come in and pit change it exactly. So, like we said, Max is on soft tires now because everyone had pit on the mediums, but he. Might as well. He's coming from the back. The The race is timed. He only needs to last 20 minutes, 28 minutes, 30 minutes or so. So he goes on to the soft tires and he's moving up really fast. There wasn't really much passing going on other than Max at this point. When he came out of the pits after ruining his tires, he was in how many people were left? 15? <laughs> 14 or 15 i think 14 there any there are no more retirements after this right so yeah 14 finished so he'd come yeah. out in 14 so he is just passing everybody we get to the point where there's six minutes left and he's gone from p14 all the way up to p9 um and he's chasing the two multiple time world champions and vettel and max it was it was really cool to see the three of them trying to you know keep the other one behind them um, and then Lewis again, tries to make a ballsy move, trying to pass Vettel and not have Max right behind him. And he goes way wide and Max just scoots right in, right in there. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it, yeah. you get offline and you go straight on. Yeah. Um, and that was, the not, I mean, you can't knock him for trying. No, he was trying. Yeah. No one else seems to be even trying to make a move. Yeah. And he only lost I mean, at one this, spot. The, as we said, the the track and the weather kind of, rather than making it more exciting race, kind of neutralized it because yeah, there was massive risks if you went went offline. And that that was that was really it for the race. Checo got his second win of the season. Um, it was looking a little hairy at the end because during one of the safety cars, I don't know if it was the first or the second one. I guess he he like tried to speed up the safety car um no it was it it was all this all the safety cars he was kind of screwing around like he wasn't keeping close enough it's supposed to be 10 car lengths so i think from what i've read since there was a progress this is where i got slightly annoyed there's a progression of him not 
staying close enough so they sort of give a warning they relay that to the driver for the first time it happens again and they sort of say you know you do it you know we're keeping an eye on you and then finally he did it a third time and then it was pretty clear from the commentators at the end of the race that they expected him to get at least a five second penalty well because he did get the past precedent was sebastian vettel where he got a drive-through yeah right so he was at least going to get a five-second penalty. And but at this point, we had, you know, it was minutes to go, right? It's not laps because we're on to a time. But, but there was still 20-something minutes to go. But Leclerc was there. He was within a second. He was pushing right behind him. And I'm not quite sure, and this is why maybe I just haven't done my research, but did did Checo just push towards the end? He did. Knowing that the five seconds was going to come and Leclerc had, couldn't stick with him? At the end of the race, he had a seven-and-a-half-second but what, how, where did that come from? Is that because Leclerc backed off or Checo pushed? Or Checo, Checo pushed. pushed. But yeah. why did... Then I don't understand why Leclerc was so close for so long. Like, why didn't Checo... And then, and then he just wasn't. Yeah. yeah. It's, it was bit, I, mean, I don't get that either. But yeah. it was kind of annoying that the fact that Checo was able to get more than five seconds ahead meant that the outcome of the investigation was only ever going to be got a five-second penalty. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just apply it, and it didn't change anything. But it, but for a few laps there, it looked like Leclerc, like, oh, could he could he get close? DN, you know, DRS, could oh, he do I, it? Could I was he hoping he was going to get by. He looked like he was going to, like, make a move. But, it, but then, in reality, if we're saying that Checo had the pace, he was just keeping him at arm's length the whole time. He could just, he was just, it was never going to happen. I don't know. I'm a bit frustrated by that, but. Yeah. Fair play but to Checo, we, I guess. But but one thing that we didn't talk about in the various safety cars and people pitting under the safety car was that below the radar, the McLarens had stayed out on their inters yeah. the longest. And then when the when it was the last full safety car, I guess they were able to pit and that came out in fourth and fifth. Yeah. I was right surprised um, that I thought that Lando was going to come yeah, out ahead. Yeah, of I guess. I, I mean, I think I think most of the guys ended up hitting it, it, it under said, that safety car. But it said it said that there was a twenty two sec twenty two and a half second gap between Lando and Carlos when Lando went into the pits, and yet under safety car he still came out behind Carlos. I couldn't quite figure that out. Maybe hmm. I was looking at it wrong. But I thought that when when Lando went in, I thought he was going to come out with like four or five seconds to spare and he was going to be on the podium. So I was a little surprised when I saw that Carlos had gone by. But anyway, I mean, you know, fourth and fifth for the, for the McLaren guys. I mean, yeah. Danny Rick starting in 16th, plugging away. Yeah, yeah I was oh, really yeah, happy was for him. Too. And you could see the relief on his face after the race he was just like i needed that the grin was back yeah i'd not seen that grin like the the, the full teeth since monza with a danny rick grin it was good to see that again yeah and then so max had the opportunity to win the championship at this race but he was not obviously not able to do that it's more than likely going to happen in the next race in japan um if he wins and Charles gets anything lower than second place, he'll have the championship. In no, it's over, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And then, like we said, Checo did get the five-second penalty, so he ended up only having a two-and-a-half-second lead at the end. Um, but you got to put Checo as, as one of the winners of the race. Um, start was He great. loves his street sick. Yeah. His street sick. You know, you look at him at Monaco. Yep. You look at him in Baku last year. You know, he loves was his it, street sick. Was it hyperbole? They're like, oh, this is going to be one of Checo's best drives of his of his career. I mean, I kind of thought he so. Won a ra- he won a race from P20. Yeah. Didn't he? Like, yeah. Like, how, how can you beat that? After he came In a racing with point. Leclerc, he was dead last on the, on the road, having crashed into Charles Leclerc. Exactly. How is any race going to compare to that? Like, every other what? race is a distant second, isn't it? I mean, great race, Checo, but <laughs> you took the lead going into the first corner, and then you managed just your way around the track. I mean, I don't, I, I didn't get that. Yeah. Maybe I, I think it's just that he managed the race from the front. But yeah, his first his first win and that that one in Sakir was better yeah, for me. I agree. And then we talked about it. Obviously, McLaren are winners on the day, both Lando and Danny. But I mean, especially Danny. Um, and they yeah. took fourth place back from in the constructors with both the Alpines being out. Yeah, I mean, finishing fourth and fifth when Alpine scored zero points yeah. is a huge swing. Yeah, in the constructors, yeah, so really impressive on them, and I mean, you got to put you got to put Ferrari as winners too. I mean, two a double podium. It's the first double podium they've had since Miami, almost five months ago. Is it uh, as long as that? Wow. wow. Okay. I mean, it definitely is starting to shake out on the constructors' side. You know, some of those questions we had, like, can Mercedes take that second spot from Ferrari? You know, who's going to you know, take it between McLaren and Alpine, you know, the the gap now between Ferrari and Mercedes is 50 points, some 60 points, something like that. So that's significant. McLaren and Alpine still definitely locked in a battle, only four four points points between them. But um, it's four points between McLaren, you know, taking back some initiative there. Um, Yeah, it was really good on them. And then, you know, Aston Martin did have a – Double point finish. Uh, have they had one all year? It's got to be. Know, and Stroll ahead of Vettel as well. Yeah. 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 And, and Vettel on the last lap getting overtaken by Verstappen. The, t- the, the turn five into this quote unquote straight down Raffles Boulevard. He took it a little bit wide and meant that he was slow on the exit and he was a sitting duck for Verstappen, who was obviously on, you know, relatively newer but softer tyres meant that he was a sitting duck into yeah. turn seven. Yeah. Um, I think, but I think that Aston Martin had a just, you know, as a, as a team had a good result, but Lance Stroll, yeah, his dad's bought the team, <laughs> but sometimes he, you know, he puts in a result where you go, actually, you know what? He can kind of drive. Yeah. Shit. Given the right circumstances, you know, maybe he's, you know, the right car and the right yeah. circumstance. He's got a, He's got a chance. I mean, Pastor Maldonado won a race, so I can't Lance Stroll. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I, I thought that Lance Stroll. You know, as much as we like to say he's in it because his dad owns the team, races like today make you think. You know what? Are we just a bit too hard on him? No. Is he an easy target because his Stop. dad owns Stop. the team? Stop. 
he's in it because his dad owns the team. He's not that good. Just you know, I don't know what you, I don't know what you're smoking or drinking. I, I'm just <laughs> we're not changing our opi- we're not changing our opinion on this race. I'm, I'm just questioning my opinion. I'm not changing it. Okay, I'm just merely right. questioning it as we should constantly. Change, I guess yes, we, we should keep question our own opinion. We should keep stuff. an open mind. I guess keep an open mind, Martin. <laughs> We're not a biased podcast at all. <laughs> oh dear! But yeah, uh, really, really good on them. And then, any other winners from the weekend? Uh, not really. Yes, uh, Nick Watanen, a big winner on the weekend. Oh, am I? Yes, yeah, Nick Watanen and Coops F one snuck, snuck snuck up to first place. Yes. Oh, did. sweet! I Overall, had a check. I mean, I, I obviously didn't score many points. You scored almost scored. no points, but somehow every, you scored more than, more than all No one else, scored, <laughs> else yes. scored fewer points than me. I got you 70 got, points. You, got three, you have 3,068, and the next guy has 3,067. It is that close. One point different differential. Back, back on top. It's been a few weeks since I was on top. Okay, I, yes. this is good. This there is good. Go. Yes, Jason, 11, points, 11 positions down. You dropped, and yes, I did. Uh, I actually, I actually did a Jason this week where everybody moved all around me, and I stayed uh, at the same spot in in seventy. <laughs> but um, yeah, as far I mean, as as far as predictions go, very very poor. Um, yeah. Top score one hundred and eighty one hundred and eighty four points by DJ Tiger and Liam Ducey, but that, that's those are low low numbers compared to. Uh, you know the two hundreds or close to three hundreds that sometimes you get when it's a bit, a little bit more predictable. Yeah. yeah. You know Russell having a stinker, Hamilton not being in there. You know because everyone has there. Russell in fifth, right? I mean, at this point, everyone has Russell in fifth and Lando in seventh. Yeah. And everybody, Max winning. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> has the top. Everybody has the Ferraris, the Red Bulls, and the, uh, the Mercedes in the top six. This is who you put yep. in the next four spots. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Look, Maybe I had next two year, Alpines Rob. in the yeah. in those next spots. Well, that that's not going to help you. Is and it? an Alfa yeah. Romeo. <laughs> yeah, but all to all to play for. We've got uh, how many how many races left in the season? Five, four, five or six. Um, five. Japan, US, Mexico, Brazil, Abu Dhabi. Five to go there. Um, so next one next weekend in Japan, Suzuka. Uh, should favor Red Bull. Um, it's a bit of a power circuit, become a bit of a power circuit. But um, I think that, yeah, I think that this is it's going to be a max win. It's just a case of Yuki Shaw going to finish second. Is Shaw going to finish second and and extend push, it? You know, extend the season yeah. to uh, to Austin. Yeah, maybe. I want Yuki to win it. Home race, <laughs> contract just signed. I'm gonna yeah, will it well, to happen. I'll take your money. What how, <laughs> what, odds, what odds do you want to put? <laughs> I'll think it I, over. Although, t- to be fair, I've made this bet before and I lost big time right That's here right. when I took somebody's money. Week one sixty. So, I mean, one thing we haven't talked about, um, and I, I think I'm way low on battery on my phone, so I'm, hopefully I don't get cut off. But is the um, the whole discussion around the budget cap and red bull and aston oh, martin right that's right you know i it's ferrari and mercedes 
think that it's a slam dunk that Red Bull in particular and Aston Martin to a lesser extent have blown through the budget cap. And this and is last year. Last year, yeah. Um, although the suspicions around this year as well, but right. it, you know, obviously filing their financials for last year. Right. Um, because when you think about it, it's like Red Bull were nowhere the year before. And then last year they were super competitive and have now a car that is the class of the field that is beyond. So it's like, yeah, they've they've blown, they've spent too much. It's going to be interesting if it, if it does come out that they've spent too much, what is going to happen? Because that's going to dictate how much other teams are going to be willing to gamble. Right. Which yeah. is not a good spot to be in because the purpose of the cap is to set out the spending, right? Yeah. There's, if there's an inch of wiggle room in it, then teams will try and exploit it, right? So, and what does that mean for the championship last year? I mean, it, when it comes down to it, I think that they'll strip Red Bull of their points from last year in the constructors. Yeah, they won't. They won't do anything for the drivers like McLaren in twenty two thousand seven or whatever it was. Yeah, they may well strip them of their constructor points this year as well. I don't know. It depends how far over they've gone, but I think the easiest, in the same way as today, Checo built up that five second lead, seven second lead, so that they could f- give him a five second penalty. I think the easiest and the probable outcome of it is that Red Bull are going to be stripped of the constructors' points from last year because they didn't win the constructors' title. Yeah. Are they going to take any action for them this year because the money that they spent last year was developing this year's car? I don't exactly know. But they, but like I said, it's whatever happens is going to set the risk thresholds for the other teams how far they want to push it yeah to overspend it in the future yeah, i guess if they don't crack down like you're you're totally right everyone's just going to do what they did last year and then what's the point of even doing this when what's we, the point when do we expect to hear uh, an announcement it's supposed to be wednesday all right okay okay um but if there's one thing that i've learned about the fia rulings is don't expect anything to come out on wednesday The fact that there's a race coming up next weekend may force the issue on Thursday in the press conferences, but we'll see. Thanks for listening to The Undercut with Jason Martin and Nick. Please rate and review wherever you listen, and we'll see you next time for the Japanese Grand Prix.